0: few sources we can check or trust that's what today is about today is all about trust Mary Graham who can you trust
1: (laughs) what a great question Jeff uh but we're gonna talk about it there are there are uh questions to ask there are there are frameworks for evaluation I love a framework oh
0: man a framework a
1: framework Um, I was gonna say
0: method or technique also that there's framework is better
1: Uh, fear not, we are not powerless, and yet, uh, on the other hand, was the internet a mistake? Let's discuss.
0: Oh yeah, was it a mistake? (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to A Little Too Quiet, it's the Ferndale Library podcast, and it's brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library, and my name is Jeff, and you just heard from Mary Graham. Hello. And we're also joined by Michelle. Hey Jeff. Michelle and Mary Graham are librarians. I am not, but I have to say, and I've said it before, my favorite thing about what libraries and librarians can do is and Mary Graham knows I love this phrase, ameliorate Mm -hmm. information. Wait. Yes. Ameliorate information literacy. Strengthen it. Fortify it. Yes.
2: Empower. Empower for sure. And we can
1: can ameliorate the proliferation Uh, of misinformation. That's what it is. And disinformation. And I'm very excited to talk about the difference because that's one of the things I get obnoxiously pedantic about.
0: Well, I especially brought... Michelle onto the podcast for a little bit of good old Ferndale history. Because I cannot believe it's been more than five years since she and I joined Forces and then joined forces further with the good journalists at WDET to host a community what do we call it? Like it was like a community conversation. Yeah. You know? A big old panel. <laughs> uh there was like a hundred people here in the library. Oh my gosh. To watch a ninety minute discussion of six professionals. One of the six was Michelle.
2: And we had a high school student as well. We
0: had a high school student, we had a teacher, we had at least three librarians and a journalist.
2: What a town full of
1: nerds. I say that with a lot of love and affection. And we had (laughs) That's great. It was very exciting.
0: This big W D T we had slides. It was great. (laughs) I think they recorded it.
1: The allied professions, quite literally, though. I mean, when I was uh, in grad school and taking my you know, intellectual freedom classes, which is a lot of, of what I have written down in my notes comes from what I learned there. Uh, my professor did a lot of work with journalists and teachers and helped run conferences. And she's like, you know, that's that is what we call ourselves the allied professions, uh, because those are the three professions that are so uh, integral to. Information literacy and, and teach. Yeah, me too. Um, and, uh, and teaching, <laughs> teaching people. I like to say that my, uh, my, it was my AP biology class in high school actually gave me the best BS detector because it mostly just taught me how to read a scientific study um and you know be like hmm that sample size is suspiciously small and probably not statistically significant like things like that good old primary um, source good old primary source <laughs> a evaluation good, a good
0: old primary source it is kind of funny to me that you kindly just centered yourself with the bs and there is things out there like the the crap test the craap <laughs> yes yeah the crapp
1: yeah which method. i can i can never remember
0: uh, the acronym and i and there's that phrase like did it pass the sniff test etc mm-hmm. no in fact it is uh uh currency relevance authority accuracy and purpose c-r-a-a-p uh yeah you know so to take us back to 2018 this was you know back during the, the timeline i think starts around 2016.
1: Gosh, what during, happened then, Jeff? During,
0: let's say, a presidential campaign. Interesting. And the, we have those
1: every four years. The
0: phrase fake news came into the lexicon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The, and then we realized that the phrase fake news has been used often. Mm-hmm. It's kind of tangled and woven up into the history of maybe we would say something as strong as propaganda. Mm-hmm. But the unfortunate fact being is that if you put something in front of an impressionable human being's eyes and they take it in and it fits their bias oh
1: we're gonna talk about that
0: and fits their view of the world Mm -hmm. and says oh that thing you were thinking about it was good that you invested in that tinfoil hat because Mm -hmm. oh boy Mm -hmm. here's some information to comfort your little skewed view of the world Mm -hmm. they're gonna hang on to that and believe it
2: yep I know we thought it was bad in 2018 (laughs) oh man
0: (laughs) how far we've come truly we thought it was bad in 2018 and then so we did six panel discussions with Mm -hmm. WDET. we toured libraries it was wonderful we went to Southfield and we went to Plymouth and we went elsewhere and then in 2020 in January of 2020 Michelle and I were going to do another one and we were going to book it for Let's say April of twenty twenty.
1: Gosh, what happened in twenty twenty? Gosh,
0: Jeff? what happened? So obviously we didn't have anything in person. So then we moved on to this podcast and we had again another mini series where we had guests come on. But it felt relevant again because in 2016 2018 is a fake news the presidential election but in 2020 there was a lot of confusion going around about what this pandemic was and what vaccines were and suddenly all this. we
1: were all like quick how do i become an infectious
0: exactly. disease specialist and so it was relevant again <laughs> so and now here we are because we do love to come on here for quarterly sessions where we talk about just what it is we do all day here in the library just what it is librarians do all day That usually involves us talking about protecting your intellectual freedom rights but today we're talking about something else and that is the table setting information literacy
1: yes today we're talking about wouldn't you like to know how to figure out if someone is trying to pull the wool over your eyes (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) and that is unfortunately what happens
1: but great news yeah there are things you can ask yourself and there is research you can do you are not powerless i'll
0: just go and start with my favorite because I'm going to call them out. I certainly know they don't listen to the podcast. I don't mind speaking bad about them. My dad and brother (laughs) constantly will say, we'll do the whole like, hey, I heard this on the internet thing with me. Mm -hmm. And the easiest thing that I'll always tell them to do is, okay, whoever you read that from, go and Google it and see if, first of all, see if someone respectable also posted about it. Uh, NPR, even the New York Times or AP, whatever also just see if literally anyone else talked about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the case is often just that weird shady website that they somehow stumbled upon yes threw it out there yes and it tricked them
2: yes but that's an excellent first step jeff is that reading is
0: that reading laterally yes yes Yes, it's my, it's my favorite tactic. And,
2: and you don't even have to really read very much. You just have to see did literally anyone else cover this story? You don't even necessarily have to read the and story, we say but if you see the headline in yeah. like six or seven other
0: right.
2: trusted sources, you can say, okay, there's something here. Right. <laughs> but if not, hey, you're done. Right. And <laughs> an, another thing
1: that I. Uh, recommend to people is, first of all, check out the book Killer Underwear Invasion by Elise Gravel, mm. which we have here at the library. You might say to yourself, gosh, Mary Graham, that sounds like perhaps it is a children's book. It is. Perhaps you are not a child. I don't care. It's the best book that I have read on misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories, and information literacy. It's currently checked out. Um,
0: it's to- And it's totally a totally feasible thing, frankly, that you might hear on the internet. You- Comple- oh. <laughs> Did you hear that there was killer underwear? And in fact, they are invading. They are
1: invading. Um, You can also check out if you uh, have a library that uses the Dewey Decimal System. We keep our books, at least in children's, about um, information literacy in 070. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, But I also like to go looking for... Uh, lists of questions to ask myself uh, because I am not immune to propaganda (laughs) or misinformation or disinformation. It doesn't matter. This is literally my job. I'm literally an information professional. And even I have had moments where I see things on the internet and I'm like, aha. And then later I'm like, oh, (laughs) I have learned this was not true. Um, And a lot of times that happens because it plays into our sense of identity or it confirms a bias that we have or it's something it makes us really emotional, Uh, either good emotions or like really angry emotions or things like that. Um, And so there are a lot of excellent lists out there. I've pulled some questions from. Uh, The Union of Concerned Scientists, um, who are a nonprofit uh, based out of the Massachusetts Institute of
0: Technology. Did you say Union of Concerned Scientists? I did, Jeff. That sounds like literally... (laughs) <laughs> A plot creation from Futurama.
1: I was, yes. Um, Very Al Gore. But uh, the great thing about them is because so much of their work is about combating misinformation, and disinformation, their website is extremely legible for all the things you're told to look for. You know, like they have their like the date that their posts were published in like big letters right at the top, all that kind of stuff. And they're like, here's an about us page where we tell you about us and who we are and who gives us money and what we do and where we're based out of total this transparency is amazing. that is something you want to be looking for when you are looking for inter- information
2: on the interwebs
0: oh yeah uh, that is a that was a whole other thing is like does this website even have an about page an about us page right
2: right because a lot of times they are being misleading you right. know especially if, when you've got um you know certain uh, acts that are maybe going to people are going to be voting on and people will kind of come in seeming like they're a very neutral party and just giving
0: sure unbiased
2: information but sure. in fact they're funded by somebody who has uh vested interest in right. this not passing so right. yeah uh, there the-
1: are definitely instances of when it comes to local journalism uh urls that sound very official and a website that looks that that looks you know similar to like oh this could be a local but you'll find that it like doesn't have any articles older than two months mm-hmm. and there's no about page and you can't find their list of contributors mm-hmm.
2: um i want to say it's called astroturfing i think there's yes the, the, yeah oh, that's the term yes. for that yeah because um, it's like how oh, you come
1: in and you put grass down <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> on the on the list of questions that I have written in my notebook that one could ask oneself to to see if someone's trying to trick them mm-hmm. uh, is literally who wrote it is the first one. Oh yeah, uh, is there
0: even a byline? Is there even a byline? Yeah.
1: Who even who even wrote this? How current even is it? Yeah. So thank you, Union of Concerned Scientists is, for being like, we wrote it five days ago here. Is there a mm-hmm. dateline? Is there a dateline? Do you have to go searching for the dateline? Yeah. Um, if you saw it on social media, who shared it? Mm-hmm. Is it your weird uncle? Yeah. Who I, always... I
0: have a weird uncle. Yeah. I mean... We all do. It. We yeah. do, right.
1: Um, does the headline match the content? This is becoming more and more of a thing, I find, oh. um, as uh, people only skim headlines, which like we all do. I do it. I open NPR, and I'm like, God, I'm so tired. But there's news out there, and I should probably know about it. And I will just scan the headlines.
0: This is also something that Michelle and I found, is that the share rate is basically higher than the actual read rate. People, exactly. And it's just that visceral thing of, I saw it on someone's timeline, yeah. and the headline was there. Even if I didn't open it, yeah. I absorbed the headline, Well, you, and you, you
1: You maybe assume, if it's somebody you you, you know in your right. real life and trust, because this is a big way that people believe information, is right. somebody they actually know right. tells them. And so you think, oh, well, maybe, you know, like, my mom shared it. I'm sure
0: she read it. Right. Did she? I mean, this is a whole other thing. Here's a... Mm, sad but kind of cute and harmless example of people not reading but sharing headlines Mm -hmm. uh this happens you're probably seeing this too michelle uh people will go on facebook and let's say not know that harry dean stanton died seven years ago and finally see an article that does in fact report that harry (laughs) dean stanton died seven years ago and you share it saying oh r.i.p sorry to see him go (laughs)
2: And then everyone else is and like, oh, like, I oh. didn't know. Well, you, you, you might have like a mixed reaction, right? Of Some people like probably the first five is like, oh, no, are i are going to be tender. And then, and, then and then other
0: people are like roasting you. Yeah, because you didn't read the article. Yeah.
2: yeah, you didn't check
1: for question number two. How current is it? Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then we sort of get into the like slightly more subjective questions for evaluation, which is uh, is this is this sowing distrust? Mm. Are they, is the point of this, you Uh, know, article or website to be like, ah, somebody's out to get you? mm -hmm. Um, And also, how does it make you feel? And this, that's a great open ended question because it both works for, ah, this makes me feel really angry, which is something that will get a very high share rate. Or, aha, I knew it all along. It has been confirmed. Uh, That's, those things are.
2: And you can kind of tell too when you're reading articles like that like even just the language they use mm-hmm. you know a good news article you know mm-hmm. we're not talking about op-eds mm-hmm. which is a separate thing they will use very um language that is not intended to get you riled up and get you emotional right it should be very neutral um and you can kind of tell when you're reading yeah <laughs> an article that's you know I'll, i don't know there there's yeah there's definitely a, a tone to those that that can tip you off that they're yeah. trying to get you to feel a certain way.
1: Um, which is not
2: necessarily a reason
1: to not read things. So I mean, for for example, in my personal life I have a certain political alignment. I, I read, you know, blogs and and news uh, sources that are independent and, and aligned with my political alignment and and I go in expecting a certain tone and i'm like well of course the socialists are going to say this and let me just double check that npr who is going to lovingly annoy me with their centrism you know <laughs> if they have some of the same information i'm like okay you know well that's that's something i right. can rely on just a right. different lens just a, perhaps a different <laughs> lens exactly we- um i think it's also important to check with yourself could this be satire Oh, absolutely. Could this be a joke?
0: The Onion exists.
1: The Onion exists. And while unfortunately... So does McSweeney's. Uh, I love McSweeney's. Yeah. While unfortunately the Onion headline about mass shootings in America uh, that goes, quote, no way to prevent this happening, says only place where this happens anymore, unquote, is unfortunately, like, also real and upsetting. Accurate, also right. actually accurate. Right. Um, the Onion is out there joking. Right. right. Satire. Uh, so, So just make sure...
0: <laughs> There's this whole thing. So... With, there's the dark nefarious political agenda an intended to rile up sort of situation mm-hmm. and then there's also just like i don't know, cheap rags out there that need clicks because yes. they have advertisers on their page and i want to remind folks of journalist ian betteridge's law which is if the headline is a question the answer is probably no if you saw something that looks clickbaity is tom cruise really a vampire they just wanted you to open the article. Yes. The answer's no, but they got you, and now your eyeballs are on ads, and who knows what else.
1: <laughs> and this is why I do encourage people: if you have the money to do so, subscribe to your journalism.
0: Yeah. Pay yes.
1: upfront your subscription for your journalism. Oh yeah. And it's, it's and that it. is it is it is worth it, but it also. That helped. Like, do I have a lot of beef with the New York Times over a variety of things? I sure do. However, we just got a New York Times uh, subscription available to Ferndale patrons. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic Mm -hmm. because I, if I'm going to pay for any news, you know, I've decided I'm going to pay for papers and cities I have lived in like mm-hmm. Boston or currently live in like Detroit um so I have not subscribed to the New York Times but through my local library I'm like oh ho ho yeah. now I can click around
2: and see what those guys are saying mm-hmm. uh and that is helpful yeah um And we really don't want major newspapers to go away. I know people have beef with them, but we kind of can see, you know, like, uh, we don't want to be in a world where we don't have these trusted voices. It's true. Does the Wall
1: Street Journal annoy me? Yes, I want it to continue to be around annoying me so that I can check between all these different sources again, Mm -hmm. because another great, you know, way to check things is like, if you're looking at your local, you know, sort of more liberal aligned paper and your local more conservative aligned paper. And again, they're agreeing on something mm-hmm. or at least agreeing on facts. Right. That's a great it's like when you have two friends in the friend group who don't like each other, mm. but agree on a third thing that somebody else did that was really annoying or something. Right. It's like, OK, so we're all that tells me that probably did go down that way because mm. these people never agree. on anything. Right. Um, they also print corrections. They, seriously, I cannot emphasize enough that. I mean, first of all, you should find a couple of news sources that you do read on the regular. I personally really like NPR. Um And also, because it's public, you will never have to pay a subscription fee. But if you listen to the radio, you will have to deal with membership drives. I find this worth it. Um, But on the, the media that you read regularly, check the retractions page. Um, if you're, it'll be a page, if it's in print, usually it'll be at the bottom of an article. If you're reading it online, it'll say, Oh, on this date, we made this correction. Here's what we said in the original. It's since been corrected in the version you just read. Um, and it is
0: sources. Wait a minute. It is
1: so important because you think about something like say the Lancet, very well known, uh, medical medical journal. journal, um, that, published the now quite infamous article about the connection that does not exist between the mma vaccine and autism um
0: it's, it's literally the top dog like source it for is medical, and it's yeah
1: like, um it's and the biggest and they they printed i believe against the advice of several peer reviewers Oof. uh a terribly designed study, I mean as well, when you dig into the methodology of this, sure. it's not significant, um, that I believe also had some misrepresentations about the methodology in it. And the Lancet did print a retraction. Nobody reported on that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nobody um, reported on that, which, you know, the
0: damage can be done.
1: The damage can be done. Yep. Uh, and so, and actually even you shouldn't believe me when I necessarily say nobody reported on sure, that. Sure. I'm sure that's not true. No, no, I'm no. sure somebody printed, oh, the Lancet. They printed a retraction. How
0: responsible you? Um,
1: But, you know, you can hear me getting emotional as I talk about right, it. Right. And it's not that we shouldn't care about our world. It's not that we shouldn't have emotional attachments to our world. Um, but it's just really, really easy to get caught up in those emotions right. as we are trying to find factual information.
0: Which is a tangent for me. That's something that the journalism world has always had a, 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 a hang up over is a little bit of pride and they they do admit they're wrong but they often don't admit it loudly. Mm-hmm. So on Monday if something's on the head front page with a big headline and there wasn't an incorrection or there wasn't an accuracy, Tuesday there will be a correction but you got to flip over and it's find in it in box. a little box at the bottom.
2: Yeah, but it they, is there. But it's
0: there. It is there, which so. is a good sign. And <laughs>
1: and so you as an informed citizen should go looking for it. Yeah. Um, I but, always
0: like to cruise the the fact checking, yeah, the, the uh, reports of mistakes, just
1: yeah. to you know, and and, and you, sometimes it's like we we spelled someone's name wrong,
0: we spelled someone's name wrong, yeah,
1: and sometimes it's like
0: something big, and it's always, it's
1: always in the same box, yes, <laughs> um,
0: that's okay, other, we love you, journalists.
1: Other questions to to ask yourself include: Can I verify it elsewhere? Which we we have discussed,
0: yeah, the, um, yeah, the reading laterally, I love it,
1: and the where else can I verify it? Yeah. Is it all one type of mm-hmm you know, source writing about this. Um, and then my favorite question of all, do I know enough to be able to even evaluate this? Mm. Um, which I think, especially in a, in a world of social media, mm-hmm. uh, for example, we are recording this uh, only a couple of days after um, the escalation of immense violence in Israel-Palestine mm-hmm. right now. Um, and a lot of people are out there on social media and have just kind of realized this situation is still ongoing you know maybe a week ago and they think that they should put all of their opinions out there
0: yes and
1: i i think maybe we should not do that
0: (laughs) well yeah it's that's the other thing about uh information literacy is kind of not preaching but like don't hit that share button quite yet no just think it over it's kind of like you want to reread an email before sending it right sure and the AP has already reported, here's just two random tidbits uh, that have been thrown out there, is that, you know, immediately there was a fabricated, there was an image of a fabricated White House document saying, Biden's going to spend this much money. The White House said, that's, no, no such paper exists. Mm-hmm. Or there was a video image of Putin saying, you should stay away. And it was like from September. And it was just all manipulated
2: i i saw that somebody was sharing an image from a video game yeah claiming it was another strike that was happening
0: so, so yeah it's, it's like you can't yeah. quite believe your eyes
2: no and and, and and that's where something
1: like rigorous source evaluation right. comes in really helpful for example you know somebody i know shared something from uh, 972 magazine, and I was like, Well, I have never heard of this. Literally, what is it? And well, 972 is the um, country code okay. for Israel Palestine uh, for the telephone. And uh, so I go over to this website. It's got a great big, you know, about us, who we mm-hmm, are. Mm-hmm. Here's a full list of our writers. Mm-hmm. They have Israelis writing. They have Palestinians writing. They, in their masthead, are like, we don't always agree. Like, our our writers do not always a- agree with each other. Mm-hmm. And we think it's important that this mm-hmm. range gets published. Here are, you know, our nonprofit partners. Here's where we're headquartered. You know, they'll tell you if an article was originally published in Hebrew or Arabic somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, like, that is... I think that's fairly, fairly decent. And, you know, cross-checking. Um, I was reading an article in Vox that that mentioned an article I had read on 972. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's, again, lateral reading. Sure. Um, and and I think in a situation so, I mean, it feels almost engineered in a lab to be making us all feel enormous, big, huge emotions all the gosh-dang time Um just being so, so, so careful Mm -hmm. about what we put online, what we share online. Sure. It's okay to say nothing. It's okay to say nothing. It's okay. Even good. I think, I think it's a good example to say, I don't know enough about this to have an opinion.
0: And that's the thing we're talking about information literacy and, uh, our, the biggest thing for me is to be aware that you might be being tricked. Yes. However, uh, assessment evaluation is the other part of it mm-hmm. am i well i don't even know what the phrase you said but like am i even ready to evaluate this am i equipped? Right.
1: do i know enough do and i know enough i've got great news for you about where you can go to learn oh, more yes <laughs> so here at the library your local library we have something because you might be asking yourself oh my goodness if the internet is the wild west right and i it's so hard to know You know, am I, am I being, and here's where I get pedantic about the difference between misinformation and disinformation. So misinformation is like a mistake, Um, which, so it's, it's pretty easy to remember which one it is. It could be as
0: tiny as a name misspelled. It could be as tiny. It's what
1: goes in the, in the corrections box about, ah, we thought this was true Mm -hmm. when we printed it. We were wrong. Mm -hmm. Retraction. Disinformation Mm -hmm. is someone is lying to you
0: on purpose on purpose showing images of video games yep to, to try you
1: exactly um and so you might go oh gosh if the internet is has reliable sources but is also full of that what do i even do who do i even ask to vet things Come for me talk to humans can you believe that part of what i do all day <laughs> is vet things before i buy them
0: <laughs> you two are information scientists
1: yes um And so I thought this might be because, Michelle, we both select for nonfiction. Yes. Um, And so I thought this would be a great opportunity to talk about material selection and our collection development policy Mm -hmm. and what like, you know, what you will find in your library to help you learn more
2: about things. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't always get it right either. I mean, I think that a a big thing about information literacy is to have an attitude of humility. Like you said, we are fooled and we think critically about this stuff all the time. Um, You know, there's things that I have purchased that upon receiving it, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, this is not at all what I thought it was. And so I think you just like uh, we... Uh, there's a lot of derision i think when people are sharing things that are obviously fake looking but w- i want to be clear that i feel humbled by this entire topic oh yes and it's okay to kind of go into it knowing that we will be wrong and if you're trying to be an informed consumer you will need to change your mind when presented with new information and mm-hmm. that that's uh, right. that's okay <laughs> or you'll even i
1: mean so a, a great example for me recently um, is that we have a lot of books about you know health and wellness yeah. um and which is in so, the 600s michelle yeah. yeah and so much of health and wellness uh writing and publishing is people doing this is an audio medium so you can't see me but i'm doing like the li- like you know the slap fight hand <laughs> oh, sure. motion sure. with each other so i recently read two books back to back uh one by a sort of like you know functional medicine md uh and then one by a science writer and journalist that like directly contradict each other mm-hmm. like this functional medicine person is like oh and this is what i prescribed to my patients and the the science writer journalist is like and here's a thing that's proven not to work um and <laughs> and that is part oh. of where reading widely and having that access to a lot of different yeah. Uh, perspectives comes in which is something that we consider when we buy materials
0: This, can, if I could just break the tension it reminds me of something really adorable I saw during the quarantine days when there was the meme of the side by side op-ed columns of dogs and cats <laughs> And the dog had a column saying how happy they were to have everyone staying home all the mm-hmm. time, and how the cat was saying, It's time for us to get back to work.
1: <laughs> so. Yes, so I can be left He's, in peace. Exactly. Um, and that's, and I mean, we, part of our material selection policy is that to the best of our ability, we purchase materials that are accurate yeah. um, and that have scientific merit. Um, but, you know, when you're in, Uh, a topic like say food science and nutrition where it seems like folks agree on very very little um, and there's just a lot that we don't know yeah we're gonna buy a lot of materials on books that are like well it could be this it could also be that Mm -hmm. time will tell (laughs) right um so we we do our best to to vet sources uh but part of the whole point of a library is they're not always going to agree with each other
2: well, I also like to be the place too where if there is a book that's sort of controversial, maybe it's a bestseller, maybe the conclusions are dubious, I like to buy that so that you don't have to. And and
1: I personally can come check appreciate it out here for free. that. Exactly.
2: <laughs> and and that you can come and be like,
1: what's all this then? <laughs> that you don't
0: have to buy it and you can come make Still your mind up yourself. for yourself, Exactly.
1: Right. right. Um so those are all very right that's i think i think a very important function but right. i have found myself you know in the past few days going gosh there is a lot about the history of the strip of land between the mediterranean and the jordan river that i don't know a lot about where could i start right. and i put a bunch of books on hold mm-hmm. and that's a place to start
0: The library, how about uh, library? A wonderful place to go when you ask yourself, do I know enough about this? And literally fill in the blank.
1: Yes, (laughs) (laughs) exactly.
0: Something else I wanted to, this is kind of a swerve, but, and we also could just vent about it. But, you know, I said 2016, 2018, Fake news, etc., was topical. 2020 COVID vaccines, mm-hmm. topical. Mm-hmm. Now we have something called chat GPT.
1: God. Mm. My mortal enemy.
0: We have AI. I remember, Michelle, you remember 20, I feel like I remember hearing in 2016, 2017, the first instances of using AI to fabricate a voice to make it sound like, yeah, it must have been pre twenty sixteen because they were they were fiddling around with Obama's voice. Deep fakes. The deep fake situation. Yeah. Which is a phrase I can't I haven't heard in literally seven years. Now it's just AI. So that's a whole other scary thing to be aware of that's happening now. Who was it? I think Robin Williams' relative, uh daughter maybe even said, Why are you using my mm-hmm dead father's voice mm-hmm. to make it sound like he said things it's well and I, so creepy
2: i'm struck by you say you know it used to be called deep fakes which right. sounds like something to be wary of yeah. and right. now we call it ai right intelligence uh, and, like the rebranding is and I, chilling uh, <laughs> i and this is something that i would have to go
1: back and double check my source but i i read a report from one of the computer scientists who was instrumental i think maybe in the 80s of in in developing the technology that's become the basis for this and he said something along the lines of um, we made a mistake on the name we should have called it applied statistics because that's what it is is that you know you put something into chat GPT it is not Giving you it's not doing a Google search on your behalf. No. It is giving you something that sounds right.
0: Right. It's generating which is
1: possibly the worst possible thing it could do. It's generating
0: text based on the prompt you give it, and it's kind of like harvesting bits and bits and bits and bits of information from the internet.
1: Which depending on what it's scraping, we generally call plagiarism.
0: Which we generally call plagiarism, then forming it into something that sounds, you know, coherent. And the risk there is that it's not going to tell you what it pulled from or where it pulled from. And, but apparently- I have a great example of
2: that. My husband's an attorney and Uh uh, a big part of it is brief writing, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very time consuming and it takes a lot of research and a lot of people are using Chat GPT to write briefs now and it's citing cases that don't exist. (laughs) So I do, Actually, and and he has said that he he does think in the future that that it, it people will just be using Chat GPT to write briefs. Mm-hmm. However, they are going to have to fact check the brief and make sure that the case exists. And maybe it, it, it's a good place to start, but mm-hmm. then you have to actually go and make sure that these cases actually exist and fit with the case law.
1: Well, and you also see that a huge part of the Writers Guild of America strike was fighting with the Hollywood studios over the use of. Applied statistics mm-hmm. uh, in script writing and that one of the concessions that they want in their contract is that um, no writer will be forced to do it. Mm-hmm. And if it ever does happen, it must be declared. Right. And it can't you know, like basically you can't steal from writers mm-hmm. in order to make that happen. Um I, uh, to put all of my personal biases on the table, I'm a noted AI hater. Uh, I have no desire to interact with it whatsoever. And uh, I am just like, I have to spend all that time fact checking a brief, I say, as somebody who did not go to law school and actually does not know how painful they are to write. Um, I'm like, well, I think I'd rather just do it from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also enjoy research, which is why I got into the research profession. So,
0: Right. We're talking about using ChatGPT to formulate maybe, maybe your term paper in college based on a prompt. Yeah, uh,
1: that thought makes me want to curl up under the table and cry.
0: And the results come out coherent, but... A lot of professors or uh, admissions uh, reviewers will always say, you can kind of like, you can tell how cold it is.
1: Well, yeah, and it also means that you didn't do the work. That's also Like true. the idea, I mean, thinking about, because I was an English major, so I wrote a lot of term papers. Mm-hmm. I wrote a, lot, wrote a lot of literary analysis and close reading papers. And... I would not be half as good at my job if yeah. I hadn't done the actual work to get the degree that I was awarded by my university. Right. And so
0: But it's done fast and that's the 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 faustian deal there. i'm
2: well, breaking out in hives as we speak they're, they're having fa- a hard time detecting what is ai because they're using these ai yeah. detectors now and they're not working very well i just saw something about a professor that failed his entire class because he the uh, ai detector said that all of their papers were fake but that was not the case so i think oh, interesting. i am so glad not to be in academia <laughs> yeah. right now wow. because that i seems, hear it is a nightmare yeah it sounds horrible and like um like such an onus on the professors in addition to teaching and grading and researching yeah yeah so now they have to figure out if a robot wrote it or not and it's very tricky to tell
1: and that to me just makes me so sad because i didn't go to college to get grades i went to college to get an education right it's you did I did. That's the thing. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and many of my classmates also did. But but that is not the, uh, I would say, popular. I don't know. I feel like that's not the culturally dominant idea about why you should go to college. Is we tell people to go to college so that they can get better jobs after college. Sure. Um, which is a promise that may or may not pan may out. May may not pan out. But... Um, and so that leads people to be like, well, I'm just going to have this machine babble a paper for me instead of doing the actual educational work of coming up with the paper in my own brain.
0: But it's like the allure of getting it done fast is what obviously appealed to big corporations and CEOs who want to churn out content and use AI for writing all the popular shows that need to go on all the popular TV So that they can make
1: more money because they don't have to pay humans for their labor. Indeed,
0: and that's still... You know, uh the writers guild has settled everything, but the actors have not. Yep. And I know that AI is still a sticking point because they want to you know stand
1: someone's image and have full lifetime use right and that's already happening with people that are agreeing to have that done yeah Uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) Ah, and and i'm just sitting here going oh it's all greed dear listeners it's all you know clickbait titles it's all greed
0: clickbait allure the the to
1: make more money from ads and you know you know where we don't Uh, have a lot of those pressures the library because we're publicly funded please come say hi to
0: us
1: (laughs) um you know and it's and i i don't actually as i sit here going like oh it's all about greed Mm. this brings me to another uh question you should ask yourself when Mm. assessing information um which is uh does it scapegoat a group or require belief in a conspiracy oh yeah (laughs) um and uh especially when it comes to scapegoating groups anything that says oh this one group is to blame mm-hmm. uh you should toss that out with the trash Pro- you know usually part especially a, a if conspiracy. it's it playing into a stereotype right um and uh, and then you know does it require you to believe in a conspiracy you know and i'll i'll give an example from sort of my own news reading life uh i think it was the summer of 2020 It felt like there were about 20 times as many fireworks going off as usual Mm -hmm. uh, in my neighborhoods. And I lived in multiple neighborhoods that summer. And there were a lot of people on the Internet, a lot of different cities talking about this on social media. Like, hey, does it feel like there's been a gajillion fireworks? And there were some people who were like, what if it's an FBI psyop to keep (laughs) us all awake and sleep deprived because of all of these like... You know, it was a very tumultuous summer because of all of these protests that have been happening. Oh, and yeah. it was the kind of thing that made me sit there and go, well, actually, based on what I know about the history of the FBI and the CIA and things that they will just admit to, like overthrowing governments in other countries. And UFOs. Um, <laughs> Jeff, Sorry. Have they actually admitted to the UFO?
0: No, they haven't.
1: <laughs> Thank you. We're on the Truth Telling <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, it's it one of those things. A test. It's one of those things that I sat there and I'm like... I can believe that it is possible that this is an FBI sure, PSYOP. Sure. But because the FBI and the CIA generally have no problem with coming out and being like, oh, no, Pro was us. Until they come out and say it, mm-hmm. I'm not actually going to believe that. In 20 years, if they're like, nah, no, we did do that. I'll be like, huh, I'm not surprised. But, you know, you have to, again, also look at, at the history of, right. of things. Right. Uh, and I that- tend to find that the CIA is not precious about admitting to war crimes well
0: the 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 cult mentality uh brings us back to the literal first thing we said was like is anyone else reporting on it Mm -hmm. and i feel i'll admit that i can't cite my source but i know i have a source but basically somewhere someone said if everyone else is wrong that's usually the how's it go one of the surefire signs that you might be in a cult is you think everyone else is wrong but your little party, but so, yeah. <laughs> and mayor Graham nodding aggressively.
1: Yeah. Um, and you can't even see where the other party might be coming from. Right. You know, there's a lot of, of groups or ideas that I disagree with, but I'm like, okay, I see how you got there.
0: Anything uh, else we didn't cover?
1: I wanted to uh, mention one more thing from the Union of Concerned Scientists. Love it. Uh, who's blog and resources page, I highly recommend because, you know, they have pages about disinformation and then they have pages about how to combat disinformation. And the really, really annoying thing about information, especially on the internet that is wrong, is that if you see someone share something and say, oh, hey, did you know that's wrong? And here's a source about how that's wrong. This doesn't work no. Usually, no, it usually because doesn't. humans don't like that <laughs> nope. um goes back
0: to the confirmation bias
1: exactly um and so one of the uh tips from the union of concerned scientists and these folks like combat bad science reporting science with bad methodology mm-hmm. like they're very focused on science-backed solutions to climate crisis things like that um is they're like do not amplify it do not share something even just to debunk it because Human brains are are not going to see or remember the part where you said this isn't true. Right. Um, if you absolutely, if you see something that you are so certain is wrong and that you feel is very dangerous for people to believe, you can do what is called a truth sandwich, which is where you put a true statement and you say, you know, this source has falsely claimed that this is true. And then you do another true, actually true statement. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, honestly, the best thing uh, that they can recommend is that we probably all stop posting on social media, which is the least effective form of information dissemination. Yes don't in feed terms the of truth telling. Don't literally <laughs> don't feed the algorithm. And this is something that is that was not covered when I did like my baby information literacy classes in fifth grade. Right. Because we the algorithm didn't exist yet right. um not in the way that it does on the social internet now right. uh, but that's a huge reason not to engage it with stuff even if you're trying to be it doesn't a share is a share it right. doesn't matter if you're like oh and this is wrong um the algorithm will keep pushing it uh but also um relational organizing the good old fashioned having relationships with people in your life and talking to them mm-hmm is the best way right uh to combat misinformation disinformation um and sometimes you know that means keeping an open door as long as it's safe for you to do so with your weird uncle sure who is always saying weird <laughs> shit. it's sunday dinner sure sorry i didn't sure. to swear. and you
2: provided a great um, example of that with your dad and your brother yeah at yeah the top yeah it, where
1: so. you're like where did you hear yeah. that and i find that that questions often help. Where did you hear that? Right. How did that make you feel? Right. Is it? Do you think it's possible that this could also be true? Mm-hmm. Is anybody else talking about that? Um. And so. And
0: yeah, with my brother and dad, it's usually something harmless like yeah, a, a, a fake movie trailer. Sure. Which is also a thing. Yes. Um. Oh, there's a tenth Star Wars movie. I never knew.
1: But, uh, but whatever. But dear listener, as it so usually does, it comes back to. Community bonds. Yeah. Who are the forge, people around you?
0: at your library. Um. Right and, at the desk.
1: And that is another reason why libraries typically con- consistently score pretty high um, on surveys of institutional trust. Yeah. Um. And I, I genuinely think part of it is you can come in and talk to a human being, and especially if you live here, you see us maybe all the time. You're like, oh, that's Michelle. Oh, that's Mary Graham, and they work here in my community, and also they had to go to school probably to learn about this. And I wonder what they recommend. Mm-hmm. And even if I read it, I think it's kind of crap. Like, you know, you have you have that connection, right?
0: Um, you're uh, you're also bastions of ob- objectivity. I mean, anyone who comes to your desk, you're helping them find whatever they need.
1: Yes, I'm not bringing my own agenda to right, it. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: And I just wanted to circle back before we do wrap up this phrase that I kind of threw out there that I don't feel like we and illuminated enough was confirmation bias because confirmation sounds like a really nice word Mm -hmm. but bias sounds like a really bad word and it does seem like if you were presenting that's that certain someone who is really strongly believing a thing they heard with actual facts that they aren't absorbing it's not like they are going to take the time to oh i heard this shall i confirm whether it's actually real Mm mm-hmm the confirmation implied is it confirms the bias you hold, like confirms the Yes, you're the like world it you. makes you go, "I knew it." I knew it.
1: Yeah. Um, and not always, that I'm actually
0: seeking confirmation as to whether it's true.
1: Right. Uh, I and, heard it, so it's true. And whenever you feel, I mean, I think what Michelle said about humility is also mm-hmm. exactly the way to go. Yeah. Stay humble because, because <laughs> again, I'm not immune to it. It happens to me. More often than probably I would like to admit on the air um, because we're all humans and we all want the way we view the world yeah. to be confirmed because then it means we're right. and We know what we're doing. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, no confirmation bias is is a huge thing.
0: Humility is you can also delete a post. That's yes. a thing that you can do. Yep. If you want to. Like yep. I, you know, certainly felt like a heel and kind of bad. If I post about Harry Dean Stanton after the fact.
2: Yeah. I'll it's just okay delete
0: to it. To
2: slow down. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't have to have a take right away on everything. God. We or can take days. a take at all. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
0: I just share um, pictures of my cat.
1: So yeah. Sometimes uh, staying quiet is free, just like your local library.
0: Or wait and go learn more. Yes. At your local library. And
1: then talk to a friend about it over coffee. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Instead of being on your phone.
1: Instead of being on your phone.
0: It might feel better. Mm-hmm. As the world turns. Yes. <laughs> and as the robots take over. Well, no. folks. <laughs> we'll
1: not have... on my watch, Jeff. We'll have... I do not welcome our new robot overlords.
0: <laughs> Links in the show notes about some of the frameworks, uh, about how you can uh, protect yourself against disinformation and be aware of misinformation.
1: And you can uh, have uh, some critical thinking and analysis. Yeah. Which is just good for all of us. It's It's good for your brain.
0: We love to see it. This has been another episode of A Little Too Quiet. It's the Ferndale Library podcast, and it's brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library. Thank you to John Duffy for giving us music to open and close each episode. And thank you, of course, to the Friends for giving this wonderful podcast. You're listening to this during actual National Friends of Libraries Week. Woohoo! Whatever city you're in, support your local Friends group. And remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends about this podcast. We'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening.